Morning to you. Yes, the current president, I couldn't pray with him. I, he invited me to discuss with him or present to him this. We do a digital science program because children and kids' brains are affected by the amount of digital stuff they see. The, just the LED screen affects the eye, the retina, and the brain tracks quite drastically. So without parents knowing, you drop your children's curricular potential. The attention span shortens and becomes shallow. So they'll quickly say, I know, I know. When the teacher is teaching or you try to tell them something, then they feel very bored soon because they can, can't hold their grasp absorption span or the depth. So they learn less. So it's, it's a big problem. So one of my books, uh, is on that, that parenting in an age of digital domination. And uh, the pen drive has a lot of stuff with DVD presentations, which even children will watch and agree. You know, ch uh, children have got science into them very early. So unless it is scientific, they think parents are morons. So you have to say it scientifically to them. That pen drive will help you to do that. Uh, it's on those lines that I had to meet with our current president. Let's pray and ask the Lord to speak to us. Father, it's wonderful to be on celebration day of the week, the first day, the resurrection day, the day you have created to again reenact resurrection for us, renew our covenant, renew our love, renew our zest for life. Will you say it means zest for life? Thank you, Holy Spirit, you are with us here. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. So today we are going to do handling setbacks. Uh, the other title is uh, 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 grabbing victory out of the jaws of defeat. Some people do it the other way around, but the real thing is to... Yes, like the England team in Sri Lanka, they really got a... Did you follow the series? Yes. Yeah. So they really, really got a, sorry for mentioning bad news on a Sunday morning, but that's what happened. Yeah. So Jeff asked me to tap this and okay. So it has a lot of subtitles, handling setback, grabbing victory from jaws of defeat, power of practicing godly sorrow, shall we say godly sorrow. And break the hoodoo of this, I will fail and my disease, my backache, my migraine, you know, we have a way of saying that, isn't it? My arthritis. And when you say my arthritis, arthritis also says, my darling. And who wants to have arthritis calling us darling, isn't it? Uh, so whatever you give yourself to be owned by, that thing will not leave you. So this is a message on such things and turning loss to gain. 2 Corinthians 7, 10, for godly grief, produces repentance that leads to salvation. So this, this 40 minutes with you, we want everything we need to get saved, saved, re reconciled and restored without regret. Shall we say without regret? Without regret. Now, regret is worshipping self-goodness. Regret is worshipping self-goodness. But you keep thinking, it shouldn't have happened to me like that. Uh, so you continue with, we don't want to continue with regret, isn't it? We want to get on to what we have next. I was talking to Jeff today. This nostalgia has the same thing. 
algia is pain, you know, it's Latin for pain, myalgia, analgesic, so algia is pain. So nostalgia is recollecting the something, some lost thing with this sweet and bitter sour food kind of Chinese diet or Asian diet. Uh, but continuing in that, you are left with just the pain. Okay? Yeah. So nostalgia has to go away if the Lord is to bring us to the next thing. So this message is a bit of that. Uh, so let's go to this. So reversal is an unexpected setback. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So that we say in the context of we want to get over the last bad thing. Okay, that's, that's, how, that's the context in which we would quote this scripture, isn't it? Truly he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us, all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So we say this in the context of financial or health issues, fractured relationships, my own goodness or strength fails, recurring temptation or expect to fail who do think that disease will come, this, you know, whatever I do will not come right. This kind of feeling, nagging, gnawing at the back of your mind, spiritual stagnation or some people are against us kind of feeling, yes. So God is proved God in setback. There is nothing that will ever come into your experience as God's child. By God's sovereign gaze will not turn out to be a benefit to you. So it will turn out to be a benefit. So we want to remember, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, praise his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Yes. So tap your neighbor and say, are you benefit or misfit? Yeah, so you are a great benefit. Yeah, you are a great benefit. You are a great benefit. You are a great benefit. I believe that Almighty God is taking every setback and every discouragement and every controversy and every pressure and every pain and stripping it of its destructive power. That's what the cross did. Cross did it, cross did it, and cross does again and again. It saves us to the uttermost. So Hebrews 7.25 says, He ever lives making intercession for us, saving us to the uttermost till he comes and from everything that has been a controversy, setback, discouragement, pressure and every pain, stripping it of its destructive power, making it work for the believer for good. Will you say Amen? amen. Don't ever think that, uh, so fa famous setbacks and glorious comebacks. So God always has a comeback on any setback that is thrown at us even by our own mistakes, isn't it? Even by our own mistakes. Solomon was, uh, Solomon was a product of David's not so nice doing, isn't it? But God made him a blessing. So, you know, God is into this business of making the best out of all kinds of things we do. So we trust in his ability to turn around, do well, isn't it? Yes. We are overwhelmingly convinced that this is what he is about. Amen? Yes. Why do you say amen and not our women? <laughs> Have I asked you this before? No. no. 
then here is the revelation because we sing hymns and not hers. <laughs> you have heard it before, yes. <laughs> so Romans 8, uh, 38, 39, I am persuaded. Are we persuaded this morning? Yes. Persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come, not even Brexit, nor height, <laughs> no, nor death or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. So here we get to the incident proper, Acts 16. I want to use this story in Acts about a setback which the Lord turned it around to make the best church Paul had. Now, when I say best church Paul had, it needs a little clarification. You know, he went last of all to Rome and he got, he, he, he was executed in Rome. Yes. Then, you know, Corinthian church had lots of practical problems, isn't it? So from the epistles, you understand the church. Give me a wave if you, if you are with me. Then the Ephesian church is full of good sound doctrine because Ephesian church was a strong church. And it is mentioned in the book of Revelation as a church of sound doctrine. Of course, they had lost their first love. But when we come to the Philippian church, we find Paul shares a lot of his heart in the Philippian church, correct? Yeah. Philippian church is the church that was closest to him. And it, were, it gave again and again. He said, you gave what you could, you gave what you couldn't do or give also. So do you think uh, for Airdale, Airdale, for Airdale Church, uh, Airdale Church, Philippian Church might be a good model for you to be. Uh, because it's a church that was very close to Paul's heart. And they again and again came back to him, giving more than what they could afford to give. So how was its birth like? And you find its birth in Acts chapter 16. So we want to begin our story with Acts chapter 16, verse 23. When they had, uh, beg your pardon, Acts chapter 16, verse 22. Then the multitude rose up together against them. So multitudes and the magistrates tore off their clothes. This is certainly not British justice. This is the Philippian justice. And commanded them to be beaten with rods. Sometimes Christians feel like this, isn't it? Uh, at the hands of Richard Dawkins. And when they had laid many stripes on them. So stripes, a lot of injury, a lot of insult, dignity taken off, clothes torn. And magistrates corrupting justice against them. So it was a sudden setback in a setting of good reports before that. If you remember, when Paul came to Philippi, he was very soon, he, had, he has victories very soon. And he came to Philippi having seen a vision and having seen a dream. You remember the Macedonian call? And he was asked to come. And as he came, a, a well-known lady in Philippi, who was an entrepreneur, businesswoman, very rich, got converted. That was Lydia. She was a seller of purple, and purple dye was very expensive in the ancient world. You know that. Purple dye was very expensive, so purple clothes were very expensive. It's not the same today, but then so seller of purple meant a very rich business. 
because purple was worn by kings before cardinals began to wear it. Uh, so that's why uh, purple clothing and purple dye was very expensive. And imagine the first day in, his, in this city, she converts to the Lord and she's baptized publicly. Uh, so I'm praying that this church will have many purple sellers coming into church. Amen. Yes. Amen. You need to expect that for the church to grow. Isn't yes. it? Yeah. Church cannot grow without money. Money is not the main thing, but it is a thing. Yeah. Uh, so we must have a healthy attitude for money. Uh, we are very blessed in Sri Lanka. We are not a, we are not a big church. We have about 70 uh, fellowships in our fellow network. They are all born in the house. But we also have a 10-acre campus. Uh, with, we can house 500 people and we often have uh, big camp times, housing 500 people, cooking for 500 people. Jeff, you have been there? Campsite, you have been yeah, you have been. Yeah, of course, you preached there. Uh, so it's a nice place to come be because uh, Sri Lanka is the Garden of Eden. Did you know that? <laughs> you did not know that? Yes, it's so green. It's, it's full of water, portable water. Uh, highest the quotient of water available to land area. It's, it's clean, pure water. Then we have gems. One sits on Her Majesty's crown. Did you know that? That big blue sapphire came from Sri Lanka. I mean, I thought you would be all knowing this. True, this is true. So we are famous for big blue sapphires. The biggest one is not on her crown. It's with some American chap. Uh, then we have the fruit that attracted Eve. Luscious very delicious fruit. But finally, what clinches the deal is we have lots of serpents. Huh? Good tea, of course. But I'm pitching, the, pitching my claim for why we are the Garden of Eden. Yeah, serpents. Uh, so getting back to Paul's beginnings, then after Lydia, Lydia said, come home, and he was going there. On the way, there was a lady demon-possessed, and she had the spirit of Python, that is a medium, oracle, through e evil oracle, through which she gave prophecies. Now, our nations are full of this kind. Of course, your nation also is also getting to be full of this kind. Spirit of Python meaning a demonic wisdom, and sometimes they very penetratingly state the truth. So people get deceived. But it's always about past dark things that they know. Get the point? It's always the wisdom is about past dark things out of which they project future dark things. And we don't want any, any such wisdom. Christ has put his foot on the head of the serpent and the head of the serpent is crushed for ever. Crushed for ever. Yeah. So you have, life is full of battle. That's what this incident will teach us. So we have already... Uh, b b battles and battle lines, attack and battle lines all over, and we can't dodge it. So we have to be in a position of on your marks, get ready. Attack and battle lines are all around us. We need to be conscious of that, cognizant of that, and be ready, equipped with Christ. So here are the insults that came to them. A multitude arose against them. 
and the magistrates, people in the uh, judiciary, uh, did, uh, did, didn't have proper court. They didn't, they were unfair, there was injustice, commanded them to be beaten with rods. They laid many stripes, threw them into prison, having, uh, and gave a charge saying, keep them in the inner prison, fasten their feet in the stocks. Now our circumstances outside us may get us to feel like this. So this was a setback when many, when many good things had happened. Paul had gone there with a direct directive, isn't it? He saw in a dream saying, go there, and this is what happens, and midnight has come. Say with me, midnight has come. So what do you think about Britain's Christianity? Where is it? Midnight, early dawn, midsummer night dreams. So even in a nation spirit now for Paul's ministry, real crunch time had come for his ministry in Philippi. I want to draw this into your personal life, the kinds of setback you have had, tearing off of clothes, dignity, insult added to injury, stripes laid, you, you feel imprisoned and can't get out of it, some things that you don't know, restricting you, keeping you down, you feel pegged down in one place and pegged down in some place, pegged down to disease maybe, or to financial loss, or making bad decisions, bad relationships, fractured relationships, whatever. Now, the Lord is going to come through. Thank you, Lord. Lord is going to come through. So at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. So they had learned this secret that we must bring the dawn to our personal situations, our city situations, and our national situations. So you know the old axiom, don't curse the darkness, but bring the light on. Bring the light on. So we have given up in our nation criticizing legislature, rulers, politicians, because we feel we are God's government. In whose government do you have faith? What are you practicing? If we practice the kingdom of God, family life, raising up children, encouraging young people, university, every societal mountain, in our living neighborhoods, work neighborhoods, we practice God's government and God's kingdom as real government in our life and in our milieu, we will stop complaining about others who are also working at government. But God has given us a kingdom. God has given us a government to work with, work at, knowing him. Will you say amen for that? Amen. So all politicians all over have different agenda and there's a measure they can do in a fallen world. So in a fallen world, fallen politicians make mistakes. What are we grumbling about? We have been given a perfect government. We have a good gift come down from the Father in heaven. Yeah. We will work at it. Shall we have an amen on that? Amen. So to each one of us is committed that part of the kingdom of God that can happen only through me in that given 24 hours. Yeah. We miss it, we missed it. Yeah. So good governance of a city, of a part of a city, in, in the profession you belong to, in the work field you belong to, you have, God has given you all the authority to do your part. All, he has given us all authority in heaven and earth to do our part 24-7. 
This is God's government happening in the lives of God's people in the city they live. So this is a good vision, isn't it? We keep doing this till Jesus thinks it's necessary to come and help us in this endeavor. That's our outlook, isn't it? So we keep doing, this is what it means, occupy little flock till I come, let your lamps be burning, let your loin be good, you know, all that means doing the things that Christ has, to, has given us, has given us authority and has given us his good government. So whenever you feel as if Theresa May is going astray or whoever, you just say, I am doing my good governance with my perfect government that is upon my life from heaven. That's how we are supposed to take our cities one square meter at a time in the area of our influence, in the area of work God has given to us. It may be as housewife at home or a doctor in hospital or whatever it is. God bless all the junior doctors in Britain. We are very concerned for them. They are being hunted by hunt. I'm sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to say it. I just, I took it back, okay? But wherever we are, we have a good government to work with. Shall we give a hand clap? We have a good government. We have a good government to work with. But I'm showing you the actions and the battle lines. We don't fear battle lines. We have equipment. We have strategy. We have teaching. And God has a plan. And we are part of the plan. We are not just some man flotsam that gets thrown about by political waves. We are God's government in the political waves. Amen. Yes. Amen. So we have learned this through 30 years of war and it stopped in 2009, but our country still has its issues, but we haven't stopped governing our nation with our God in our patch of earth. So we take total stewardship and authority and responsibility for what God has given us and this involves us so much, we have no time for criticizing what others are not doing in their plot. So we practice, mind your own business. The business of God's government in your territory over which you can do something. Don't blabber about things that you can't do anything about anyway. So this is how we have occupied our nation and our portion of work God has given us to do. Uh, we are very happy about it because we have a positive outlook that it, about what God has asked us to do. Daily we see results. Daily. Just for an example to our church auditorium comes every month about 130 senior police officers. Because of this digital problem they find children from very good families, kids that have gone to very good schools are getting into crime. They couldn't understand it. Now, usually there's a kind of kid who gets into crime, kind of societal background. But they find children raised up in excellent homes with good education getting into crime because of the digital roots that contribute to violence. You know, thrill-seeking behavior, peril-seeking behavior. One day it'll get into law-breaking behavior. Did you follow me? Yeah. That's what digital games, the violence, the sexual provocation, and their brain tracks are set like that. They can't help themselves. That's what it does. So you can take some of my books or pen drive and learn about it. But the police are coming to the church house. It's as if the door of the church has opened to the need of the nations. Can we, can we repeat that together? Let the door of the church be opened 
right into the need of the nation, need of the city. Shall we give a hand clap to Jesus? So church is not lying idly and waiting. Church has much to do, much to give out to the city. So Sunday is our celebration about what we have done other six days in the city, isn't it? So church is a continuum between Sunday and rest of the days. We work, Sunday we celebrate. Okay. So it's, it's a happy combination for Christianity. So, they, so at midnight, it, it, it was a setback and Paul was determined that from, they, from midnight they don't recede, retreat to the 11th hour. Midnight is going to become dawn. Will you say midnight comes that Christians may make dawn out of it. So if you ever feel in a midnight situation, what, do you, what are you going to say? I'm going to make dawn out of this. I'm going to make dawn out of this. Okay. So 1750 in Britain was dark as dark can be. When John Wesley decided to make dawn out of Anglican England. In John Wesley's time, only 200,000 people had voting rights. I'm, of course, taking calls to Newcastle. But some of you may know this. Some of you may not know this. Uh, only 200,000, and those 200,000 had to be landed gentry, Anglicans, and nobody else. So if, you are, if you leave the Anglican church, you lose your voting rights. That's how it was. And every third house was a gin den, Wesley says. There's a home, home industry of brewing illicit liquor. We learned it from you. <laughs> In our countries, this still goes on, brewing our, you know. So our illicit liquor is more than our legal liquor. Uh, but Wesley turned it around, isn't it? His class, his bands, what, what an amazing ministry, isn't it? Yeah. Through his, and he practiced, uh, he practiced very, very, very vibrant evangelism and vibrant social action in such Studied combination, Britain changed. In Wesley's lifetime, Britain changed. And he praised the Lord, yes. And he also met with educated, wealthy, affluent Anglicans, but they wanted to meet with him. That's how the Lady Huntingdons and others came, the Clapham sect and so on, because there was so much in his understanding of what church can do. And little bands of people, little class of people. And when a Methodist was missing from his class, they knew it is because they didn't have proper clothes to come and they didn't have food to eat. Otherwise, every Methodist would be in the class meeting on a Friday. So what did they do? They collected the pennies because they were certain the absentees were not there because of hunger and because they didn't have even threadbare clothes to come. And England changed, isn't it? So power of the kingdom of God in the local church. So the Methodist class meeting and the Methodist Sunday gathering was so important for them. That is priority. And a nation can change. When in the lives of believers, what you do for Christ becomes priority. Will you commit to your heart now and say, any midnight that comes at me, I, it has come that I may make dawn up from it. I may make dawn out of it. If you're in a personal situation like that, in finances or in health, 
or in a relationship that has gone sour or children gone far from Christ, now say in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, you have put into me what will bring the dawn. You have put into me what will bring the dawn. I'm not helpless. I'm well equipped. I'm here with God's plan in this setback. And he wants to turn it out for outstanding good. Then when I began, thank you, Lord Jesus. So what is the outstanding good that came out of this incident? So Paul and Silas were singing. Unknown to them, there were prisoners that were listening. So you're in this setback or this midnight hour, dark moment, because God is working out salvation for prisoners out of your present predicament. If you're ever in a predicament, you're working out something good for others as well. Are you listening? It's going to have redemptive value. You're in a situation, what you learn in this situation, the deliverance God works out for you. God worked out deliverance for Paul and Silas. And all the prisoners went free. The jailer's heart was changed. A city was changing. But at this point of time, it was midnight. But a great bright noonday is coming. Let's say together, great bright noonday is coming. Yes. You're in the midnight because you, God can work you with the midnight. Otherwise, you wouldn't be there, isn't it? Yes. So is friction good or bad? Yeah, I mean, you can't play cricket without friction. Spin is impossible without friction. Swing is impossible without friction. So, uh, so friction. So whenever you have friction in your life, you must say, this God must be working out something good. God must be working out something good. God must be working out something good. So, so that's how we look at this so-called bad situation, setbacks, uh, friction, Midnights, God is working out a wonderful dawn, and in that dawn, many things are going to be born, going to be born, going to be born. Uh, suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that foundations of the prison were shaken. Foundations of the prison were shaken, yes. Foundations were shaken. Immediately, all the doors were open. Everyone's chains were loosed. You know, the foundations that have gone into us, our upbringing, our family background, the journey we have so far, come. It has doors fitted, you know. Usually, the door post goes into the foundation, correct? When you are building, doors fitted. Unfortunately, it also has shackles in the way we went through life. So foundation shaking means I'm drawing a spiritual allegory, a parallel. And he's shaking so that the shackles will break and doors will open. Amen. What do you think about that? Amen. So there are some things in our foundations that God is adjusting, shaking it up, replacing it so that shackles will go off and we will have new doors, even for your church. Even for your church. New doors into the city. So even in our personal life, shackles break up, give up, and doors open up. Are you following? Yes. 
So when, when this setback has come, it has come for God to send an earthquake. If they were not in that situation, nothing more would have happened. So God brings us into a situation to do something more. So there's a shaking that is coming. Shall we say that there's a shaking that is coming, which means what brought us thus far is not enough to take us further. Personally, church-wise, in every way, city-wise. So he will do adjustments that are a little uncomfortable for a while. But that is breaking the shackles, saved me. So when, when Jeff put that song on, I thought he has got an insight into what the what Lord had put in my heart to preach, that chains break, chains break. My daughter sings that wonderfully. I have brought in our pen drive one of those worship sessions that she really captured heaven. And this song is there. And in that we really arose, you know, we really felt we arose that day. Praise God and we gain a little bit more of our city every Sunday. That's why Sunday happens. That's, right. That's why the corporate effort of Sunday is so important. And it is so good to have a place because you come and do it again and again, again and again. And a presence begins to abide in the place, isn't it? Yes, I believe That's what happens. Yeah. That's why it's so good to have a place. Not only you belong together, you begin to do the same thing together. I mean, children have a classroom. Should, should children have a classroom or just flip every time? No, we, we come here to do work, isn't it? These are parliament gathered for the week. That's what a Sunday service is. Yeah. It's so important for the city that a Sunday service has a right. good place and it has a good strength. People come together. No one miss out. It's a wonderful time to make things happen in the city through the week. So foundations are being adjusted, shackles break. I'm going to shout now. Huh? You will agree with me. I'm going to give a very un-English shout. Okay? Shackles are going to break. Shackles are going to break. Are you going to claim the same thing and say something? Speak to those shackles. I, I, whatever shackles that have come out of our foundation, it's going to break. It's going to break. Shackles are going to break. Break, 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 break. Break! And now doors are going to open! 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 Open! Now, in your area of expertise and influence and sphere, you know what it is. Say, Lord, open a door into the city for the kind of things people need that I have. You may be expert cake maker, isn't it? Or a pudding maker. Or maybe a doctor, a lawyer, or whatever it is. But out of area influence, God wants to open a door. Recently in our church main auditorium, we had 450 nurses from government hospitals. In our country, one of the most anti-Christian segments are the nurses. Because they are very Buddhist in their feeling. And here they are coming to a Christian church auditorium to hear about the problem, the digital problem that affects children. Everybody knows in Sri Lanka that this is a problem. So they were there to hear it in a church auditorium. Now in a meeting like that, I can't say repent or perish. I like to, but I can't. It's a <laughs> professional meeting. But I could bring in the gospel in different ways. So in your area of what God has given you, a door must open directly into the city. That's how the Christian thinks government, 
restoration, transformation, change. You have a God-given door already in you, which is not only your livelihood, which is a need in the city. Yeah. I, do you get the paradigm I'm developing, the model I'm developing? You already have it. It's a good gift of God for your ability, skill, and life. You are chosen in your mother's womb with this ability. That is Ephesians 1, 4. That is the choosing. He chose you to have this ability, this skill, this, this, this faculty in you, and he sends it to that part of England, that part of a city to function in this time. And that is the door that God opens to the city to bring your kind into his kingdom. Amen. That's how kingdom happens. Amen. Kingdom is not pie in the sky. It is in you. To make it happen in the local church every day. Correct? Yes. So thank God for his, this great plan. So doors are opening. Now you visualize the door. You think God is opening in you to the city. Just visualize it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Visualize it. Take a vision from God. Take a vision from God. This is what he's going to do with the door he has put into me. I was chosen in my mother's womb with this gift set, with this skill set, with this call. And this is the time he's going to fit that door into the city, into my icons, into my contacts, into my friends, in my work field. I see the door. I see the door. I see the door. I'm not folding my hands and feeling insulted and injured, I'm getting ready to open the door wide. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm Amen. getting ready to open the door wide. Where God is in this. It's a wide open door. Behold, I keep before you a wide open door. Behold, I keep before you a wide open door. Father in heaven, in the unction of the Holy Spirit, I pray into this church and through this church, out into the city, in their sphere of being, sphere of working, in their sphere of moving through 24-7 during the week, a door Amen. that fits well into the city's need. And they'll be wanted, they'll be sought after, yes. and they'll be consulted, Lord. Not insulted, but consulted. And the kingdom will happen and people will come to Christ. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, Will you take up a little prayer on this and speak through your door that the Lord is showing you? Even out of my difficulty, Lord, you are creating a door. Even in my need, Lord, even in this present difficulty, you are working out a door. Yet to be, the best is coming, 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 coming. Thank you, 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 thank you. It's already in you. View it through what God has planted in you. It is already in you. It is just the opening of that door into the sphere God has for you. Opening, 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 last shackle break and opening comes. Opening, 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 opening.
open, 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 open. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, You know the rest of the story. The jailer tried to commit suicide. Then he ran in. Paul said, don't, don't. Do no harm. And verse 30 says, and, uh, and Philippi was full of Roman citizens and Roman soldiers. It is a colony of where Roman soldiers went and settled. So there must have been quite a few important people in Philippi who had been in government service and uh, empire service and so on. And, uh, and Paul told him, verse 31, uh, 16, 31, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. So that believing personally is the door for transformation. That man's, that man's entire office is going to change. And then that brings magistrates to come to Paul's feet. You remember the story? We are expecting this to happen in the church because what the church opens up will bring every kind of power stratum out there into the church. But they will say, you have wisdom, we don't have. When countries' problems are getting more and more, they begin to think God more and more. That's how it's, it's going to happen. They will come to the church and say, do you have some solution for this? So for ADHD, the medical profession has no solution. There are many other conditions. Well, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. Medical profession has no solution. Church has many solutions by the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's good to be a church that develops those doors that the world is already knocking on, you know? And they, so they know when they're knocking on a wall like this, no door, but when they come to a door, they, uh, sound changes and they feel church has a door. Holy Spirit has already given them a solution. That's what it is going to be. That's what it is going to be, isn't it? Amen. With so many problems that people are facing. Oh, Holy Spirit, your church will be wanted. We have felt insulted, cast out, as if our clothes have been torn and dignity taken away by the many insults, the put-downs that the world has done, science has done. But we are not intimidated. God is working out a very good thing. And we are going to be the doors that will be knocked upon and will be mighty glad to open our doors and receive them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Kingdom goes out and they come into the church. They come into the church. They come into the church. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes. And that entire family was baptized. So jailer was saved, important official. And we know a very, 
where a thriving church came to be in Philippi. We want the same things to happen to uh, Kaylee or Keithley. Keithley. Lord, we want this to happen in this city. The church will be the place where people knock. We'll not find a blind door, blind wall, but we'll find a responding door. Let's say together, when people knock, in their need, in me they will not find a blind ball. They will find a responding door. So we can make an axiom for the church, isn't it? Our church is not a blind wall. Our church is a responding door. People coming in all the time. And you are that door, isn't it? Who is church? You are church. Your kingdom out there, bringing them into the family, bringing them, being the door they knock upon because of what you have, because of Christ, because of Christ, what you have, because of Christ. Will you say amen? Amen. Praise God. Our children can be a witness. In my grandson's school, already he's known for his good manners and great brightness, you know. So when God is upon our children, other children observe, teachers observe, school observes and says, there's an unusual brightness. Are you believing for this? But it involves a life of prayer, life of believing the Holy Spirit and making community together. You know, church is the best place ever for children to feel together. That's why community, communion and feeling together and having an excellent facility for children a place is so important for children, you know that. Children, yeah. children like to own a place. So in our church building, we have many floors. So many, one, one or two floors are entirely given to children. And we call it children's hall. So what a wonderful thing. They feel church house has another house for me. That's how our children should grow. It's, it's such a happening place for children. And for young people, praise God, isn't it? a coffee club, a barista, or whatever, pool table and table tennis table. I mean, the old Methodist church knew this. They had a church hall, which always had a table tennis table. And young fellows, I mean, that's badminton court and whatnot. Praise God. So many doors open all the time. So church is a house that never goes to sleep. Her doors are open and functioning all the time. All the time. Shall we say all the time? Okay, just I'm uh, winding down now. So, what only God can do. So that day what only God can do happened. So etiology of setback. That sounds a little medical, isn't it? Etiology of setback. What is involved in setbacks? One, I described a God setup. Setback was a God setup. In this setback, God worked what Paul couldn't have done with one week of preaching. Magistrates come to him, jailer coming, whole lot of important prisoners, perhaps some political prisoners of high influence came to Christ. Will you say amen? Yeah. yeah. Get what I mean? Yeah. And what he couldn't have reached, in one night he reached with song and because he was in the place where God was going to break through. And you may be in a place that God is going to Breakthrough. There was no other way this jailer could come to Christ. And much later, Paul would hearken back to how relevant Philippian church was, how contributing Philippian church was to the missionary enterprise when he was far away. 
Wonderful, isn't it? You believe this church can become like that? Yes. yes. When you keep working, are you getting faithful? Are you getting daring? Are you going to endeavor something? Shall we say yes? Yes. Yes. For everybody, that's a door. That door is needed out there in the world. And they're going to come and knock on the thing you can do best. That's how he fitted us in our mother's womb. That's how he fitted us in our mother's womb. So it's a choosing of a chosenness we are doing now. We were already chosen to do this. Saying yes is our prosperity. Saying no and doing no is our poverty. We don't want to be poor, do we? No. We want to get on with God has for us. That is prosperity. And we are marked for that prosperity. Prospering in the thing God put us to be when he created us in our mother's womb. Okay? So, that's the God set up. Now, there are other situations. What, 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 it is happenstance. It can happen to anybody. Don't waste sweat. Why did this happen to me? Me only. I mean, it can happen to anybody. Get on with it. Okay? That's, that's a setback, but it can happen to anybody. Third one is, was it enemy action? Sometimes the same repetitive failures. Was it enemy action? You need to submit to God and resist the devil. The devil will flee. Even Paul said, we wanted to come to you. I, Paul, again and again. But Satan hindered us. The hoodoo of failure we want to break. Say it me. Hoodoo of failure. I'm breaking today. I'm breaking today. I'm breaking today. It may be in finances. It may be that you, you give bad answers and people get cheesed off. I'm breaking today. I'm breaking, you make unwise decisions, unwise turns in life. I'm breaking it today. I'm breaking it today. It may be a health issue. I'm breaking it today. I'm breaking it today. The spirit of infirmity, I throw it out. I throw it out. I don't expect it to return in Jesus' name. I don't expect it to return in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I have this testimony of a lady, young lady. She's an accountant. Uh, she was quite devoted for a long time. Glaucoma was troubling her eyes. And you know, glaucoma is increase of pressure in the eye. Eye fluid pressure increases. And sometimes, just like hypertension, you can't bring the pressure down. And her retina was, optic nerve was going to get damaged. Then she began to take communion every day, believing that in the communion is healing. What do you think? A few weeks ago, nobody knew she was doing this. We have a, a, a believer, elder called Roshan, and he was praying over her and said, your healing is complete. She believed it. And she went to the ophthalmologist. And the ophthalmologist says, no, no trace of glaucoma. You are completely healed. You don't have to do anything. Amazing, isn't it? She by herself kept taking communion at home, believing the Lord will heal because the doctor couldn't do anything more. Praise God. So we don't have to have a hoodoo of failure or a spirit of infirmity coming at us again and again or a recurring temptation, isn't it? We can throw these setbacks out in Jesus' name. Uh, so fourth one is, is uh, how do I go back? Okay. Uh, 
did I make a distraction? Did I do a lot thing? Go, go too far. We want to get back under the crown of our government, isn't it? Is there something you are going too far? You are testing the waters too far. We want to get back. We want to get back. We want to get back, Father. Can someone hug fire in the bosom and not be burnt? Can't. So we want to get back. We want to get back. We want to get back. Yes. We remember the Lord's injunction, Luke 17, 32. Remember Lord's wife. We want to get back. We want to get back. And finally, uh, when God wants to intervene, I now rejoice, not that you were made sorrowful, but that you were made sorrowful to the point of repentance. For you made sorrowful according to the will of God, that you might not suffer loss in anything. Did you understand that? When we repent and begin the new program, new direction, we don't have to lose anything. Are you listening? There's a recovery that we don't have to lose anything. That's the power of practicing godly sorrow. We don't lose anything. We get more than we had. This is called blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are the meek. This is the power of kingdom working for us. Too fast or you're tracking? So when the Beatitudes say blessed, it's speaking in the context of people who have gone astray and are now turning, but they are getting more than they could have ever got because this blessedness, the power of the kingdom, blessedness. Will you say it to me, blessedness? blessedness. You know the Greek is makarioi, it means a, a happiness that earth cannot give. A happiness, a contentment and a fullness coming from the kingdom, getting into our lives. Where there was defeat, great victory coming. Great victory coming. Great victory coming. This is called practicing, the power of practicing godly sorrow. Blessed are they that mourn, they shall be comforted. Holy Spirit action will come for them. Blessed are the meek who don't exercise their earthly strength. They are working it out with God. They begin to rule over the very thing that defeated them. Are you listening? Yeah. yeah. You think you can rule over the vitriol of Stephen Hawking and Richard Dawkins? Yeah. Don't get intimidated. I mean, if you are not into science, leave the scientific stuff to Christian scientists like John Lennox. You read John Lennox? You need to. And he had written an excellent book on Daniel. I forgot to tell you, Jeff. Daniel. John Lennox's commentary about Daniel. Superb. The archaeological analysis, the eschatology and everything with the Oxford or Cambridge. He's Oxford, eh? with Oxford mind, you know, he's professor of mathematics. He has answered Richard Dawkins so well and so nicely, gentlemanly, Christian. No vitriol, no banter, 
no unnecessary rhetoric, point to point with a precise mind. You must read him. You will gather strength again for a Christian England. Will you say amen? amen? In the sphere of your influence, okay? Now, some of us have a larger capacity to think nation. But some of us have a smaller capacity to apply in the area God has given us. Each call differently, okay? But you must read John Lennox Daniel and John Lennox God's Undertaker. It's on the rack outside. You have a book rack there. God's Undertaker was there. Those two are essential reading to recover a Christian mindset that will not get intimidated. Are you listening? Otherwise, you get intimidated at the things that are thrown, isn't it? And others who don't know science ape what they say as if they know science, and you get intimidated by people who don't know science at all. They're only mouthing what others have said. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So you need to read these two books. John Lennox on Daniel's commentary and John Lennox, God's Undertaker. God's Undertaker was his first answer, first book. Excellent. Very well thought out. And and when a Christian apologist writes, how how well, with what dignity he treats the opponent, isn't it? It's, It's a Christian art. No putting down. Meets argument for argument with lots of scriptures. Aren't we glad for every every generation had the testimony of Christ undefeated? Shall we say amen? amen. Every generation. From Athanasius in 374 AD to our day. God is never a debtor. God always finds witnesses, testimonies for his cause. Thank God for Jesus. And we in our sphere, we each one in his sphere, being a door out there. Okay? I think I spoke long enough. So this blessed, we are capturing this kingdom perspective and this kingdom action of this blessedness, happy I, happy I, happy I, over the very things that defeated us. That's the important thing. Blessed are the poor where we felt poor, His happiness, his kingdom power is going to make us rich. Maybe literally rich and rich in other ways. Blessed are the meek, where we felt intimidated. Now strength has come. Meek are those who have that amount of strength that they are unnerved, not not unnerved at, at this intimidation. Then the things that brought us sorrow, blessed are they that mourn, for we are going to have a comfort over the things that brought us sorrow. Are are you listening? You understand? This is the kingdom power. Thank God for Jesus. I'll ask Hiranta to come and lead us in prayer. Amen. Thank you. Shall we stand to our feet and uh, call upon the name of the Lord, our wonderful Savior? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for this morning. Thank you, Lord, when we gather, join our hearts together to fear the wonderful name of our wonderful Savior, our precious Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, we pray, Father God, Lord, even as we join our hearts, come into agreement, Lord, 
concerning the things of your kingdom, Father God. We thank you that you have called us to be partakers of this heavenly order, Father. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Lord, we thank you that we can be one with you, Lord. Sit with you in those di divine places that you have ordained for us. Thank you, Lord, for the kingdom of God. Lord, we thank you that the kingdom of God overtakes the kingdom of men, Lord. Thank you, Father, that we are people from above, Lord. Lord, our, our destiny is to, to with you, Lord. And we receive our inheritance from above, Lord. We thank you for the legacy in heaven that is written in our favor, Lord. Thank you that we are a favored people, Lord. We thank you for the anointing of favor that rests upon us, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord, that whatever we touch prospers, Father. Whatever we look at, Lord, increases, Lord. We thank you that we will not suffer loss in anything, Lord. God, even as we sit and walk and run and move and have our being in you, Lord, in and through your spirit, Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit, Thank you, Lord, that you, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you that we carry the Spirit of God with us, Lord. And thank you, Father, that our body will not waste, Lord. Lord, that we are redeemers, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for the amazing, Lord, for the vision you have for each one of us, Lord. Thank you for the God perspective for towards each of us, Lord. And thank you for the vision of God for this house, Lord. Lord, you laid your foundations for this house, Lord, as a house of faith, Lord. Lord, as a house that will overcome, Lord. Lord, all the challenges, Father. Lord, we thank you, Father God, for the word of the Lord. Now take us, Lord. Open our eyes to see the more of the Lord, Father. Lord, open our spirits, Lord, to receive more of you, Lord. God, we pray, Father God, that the anointing of the Lord will break every chain, Lord. Lord God, that we can receive and take hold of life eternal, Lord, eternal life right here on earth as we live our days, Father God. For we are a kingdom people, Lord. And we live by faith, O oh God. And we thank you, Lord, that faith is our victory, Lord. And we overcome through faith in the Christ, Lord. Thank you for the anointed one, Lord. And Lord, thank you, Father God, that very anointing is upon us, Lord. That we can walk through every hex that has been put, that has been brought into in our way, Lord. Thank you, Father, that humiliation, horror, insults cannot take us down, Lord. Father God, for you have taken it all on the cross, Lord. God, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for the cross. Thank you for the healing that flows from the cross. Thank you that no spirit of infirmity can pull us down anymore, Lord. Father, for you have given us the victory in our, each of our each of us, Lord. We ask your blessing over every family represented here, Lord. Thank you for the families of God that you have brought them together and made them one in Christ Jesus, Lord. Thank you that we are part of the body of Christ, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for you look for a body, Father God. Lord, we thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you for the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, Lord. 
Thank you that the gates of hell can never prevail against it. And thank you, you are the builder. You will build your church, Lord. And we pray, Father God, that the blessing of the Lord will rest upon us, your people, Lord, upon every home, Lord, covered with the precious blood of Jesus, Lord. God, we pray that every threat and every intimidation of the evil one, Lord, will be no more, Father. For we conquer and we walk in the victory that Christ has won for us, Lord. We thank you. You'll bless our bread and our water and remove all disease from the midst of us, your people, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Father God. Lord, even as we partook of your bread and of the cup, Lord, it's a cup of blessing, Lord. It's a cup that brings prosperity to us, Lord. To, Lord, we thank you, Lord. We have walked through a process and now we are on the brink, oh God, of getting hold of the promise of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please remember to take a pen drive or some books. Thank you. Okay, just to, to say that this evening... Um, There'll be 